trigger warning. This episode may discuss one or more of the following topics. Violence, death, including that of people of Indigenous descent, war, abuse, medical issues, self-harming behaviour, eating disorder behaviour or body shaming, drug and alcohol addiction, sexual activity, hate speech or strong abusive language, discrimination and stereotypes. These potential topics have remained part of the episode as it forms part of the interviewee's story which cannot be accurately told without including such information. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. G'day and welcome to another episode of Spectrum Uncensored. Today I have with me T from Brisbane. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your profession, what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So I am a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. I'm sort of on the, I don't really love using the word anti-diet, but on the sort of like intuitive eating sort of style of just finding ways to, you know, enjoy being healthy um, sort of side of that um, spectrum of professions, I guess, because I guess a lot of people find personal trainers, they automatically go, oh my God, they're going to like drill, drill sergeant me in the gym or something like that. Or when they think of a nutrition coach, oh my God, they're going to nitpick every single food that I eat. So yeah, that's, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. And so do you work with a specific kind of group of people or is it like just anybody Generally, previously, it has been anybody, but as we do, um, I seem to have attracted neurodivergent people in the past without even trying, um, which is awesome because I'm able to like unmask and just be my silly old self. Um, So I've sort of, since getting diagnosed, sort of niched towards the ADHD direction, um, mainly because since my diagnosis, I've sort of gone well, no wonder I've struggled in the past and no wonder I've created all of these things to overcome those struggles. And I know that other people struggle with that too. So um, sort of helping them out in a way because I've already done it. Like (laughs) I did it because I didn't even realise I needed to do it, but now it makes all sense. And I think like gut health, mental health, physical health, it all ties into each other. Like it's it's very... I like that's a very holistic approach to, you know, um, making sure that you are healthy inside and out. Um, Because I know that I've noticed my entire family or my little family is neurodivergent um, as well. We're all autistic and then I'm ADHD, my husband's ADD and my son's ADHD. And I've noticed, especially with my son, that um, gut health is very important, but even like he can't have things like caffeine because stimulants don't go well for him. Um, yep. <laughs> and it's kind of weird because, you know, you get it goes a lot of one people... way or the other, really. Yeah, like stimulants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we were like, we were told in the beginning, oh, you know, get, get him on a stimulant medication, for example. And it was like, whoa, nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then from there, we kind of went, hang on, maybe caffeine's doing the same thing, you know? Um, we were trying to do things like, cut out sugar, um, refined sugars and stuff like that, thinking that that was making him kind of ping. Um, But it turned out it was the caffeine. It wasn't necessarily sugar. Um, 
he doesn't eat yeah. much sugar anyway but yeah it's it's very was interesting quite the, quite the opposite like when I was on my self-diagnosis journey and like I guess like all my adult life as soon as I like found what caffeine was <laughs> was allowed <laughs> access to it I was yep. like on it like I was I guess it's a little bit of gym culture now that's sort of coming more and more um I guess, mainstream where everyone's just like, oh, yeah, well, you'll get an addiction to caffeine. But it was like truly an addiction for me. I <laughs> felt like I couldn't function. I had like all the executive dysfunction without it. Yep. So when I went to my first psychiatrist appointment, I'm just like, hey, so, yeah, I rely on caffeine. I try not to. Like I, I know that it's a bad thing, but I'm having like 600 milligrams a day. Um, <laughs> and he's just like, okay, that's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't do anything if I don't have caffeine. So <laughs> yep. um, if you can help me with that, that would be really good. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. that was definitely one of the conversations that we had. But I definitely understand that there's people that just make it makes them overly anxious and then there's yeah. other people that will just fall asleep if they have caffeine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of just like all our different reactions. It's so interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, my husband's told me that as a child, like around 12, he would take caffeine to have a coffee to go to sleep at night. Um, But now he's like you were describing, he can't function without it. Um, You'll, he'll get like really grumpy and all that kind of thing. If he hasn't had it. Um, I tend to get a little bit of an anxiety. I feel like I need the caffeine, but then I also feel like I'm getting a bit of an anxiety attack when I start ingesting it. Like I'll get heart palpitations and feel a little more like jittery. Um, So it is, it's weird how it can, affect everybody so differently um and there is yeah there's no cut and dry rule with that stuff but no um Um, definitely don't recommend having 600 milligrams of caffeine a day um definitely not not one of the things that I ask people to do um yeah um it definitely has uh side effects and that's why like even recently when I went back to my psychiatrist he's just like all right, so you're still having like 100 milligrams in the afternoon and your coffee in the morning. Let's up your dose. <laughs> and I, I haven't like, I haven't touched afternoon caffeine since. So um, it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely everybody reacts different to it. But when you said that your husband sort of used to take it to go to sleep, um, yeah. you know how it runs in the family or genetic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum still is like, on the no that's not real sort of thing um but I always I always like find it funny when she tells me little stories um I know that my mom's never gonna listen to this so it's fine um um, she's like oh I don't like brushing my teeth at night because I can't talk (laughs) so like that's like one little red flag and she's just like oh it's been like two hours since I've had a coffee I'll have another one and then she'll have a coffee before bed and that sort of stuff. I'm like, yep, it's okay, mom. And it's I weird, understand. isn't it? Like funny because when we get diagnosed, that's when we start going, okay, where did I get this from? And you start yeah. going through your family lines and going, okay, yep, it was you. That, that is actually really super relatable for me because after it was within the week of me getting diagnosed, like my brother was diagnosed um, with um, autism. Yep. Like a long, 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 long time ago. Um but within like a week of me getting diagnosed, I was talking to my brother 
And he's just like, oh, yeah, I've got some Vyvanse because I have recently um, been diagnosed with ADHD. I'm like, hey, me too. <laughs> and he's just like, and dad's been diagnosed with ADHD too. <laughs> I'm like, huh, well, at least I can't question my diagnosis anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, it was sort of that moment for me where I'm just like, right, well, I, I always knew that I was like semi weird and semi hyperactive and semi inattentive. Um, but now I know that it's, it's actually in my brain. Like it's, it's a biological thing. Here. <laughs> I don't think I've met a, a single female yet that hasn't been diagnosed late in life. I don't think I've met anyone yet that was diagnosed as a child, obviously boys. Yes. But yeah. I mean, there was a long, for a long time, everyone was like, Oh, only boys get, or boys have it. Um, uh, so we just all went under the radar. Like when were you diagnosed? So just ago? earlier this year before my 31st birthday, so I was 30. Yeah. Um, but I'd been like questioning self-diagnosis for about two years. Um, I had previously gone to another psychiatrist and unfortunately he was on that. He was on like, you're not a boy, you're not a child. We yep. would have picked this up by now. Um, you And he also like went along the lines of like, you had good grades because I, I did like you had good grades. Yeah, so did I. There's no, no, no way that you could have ADHD. Right. Yep. Um, so that was really disappointing. And that took me down like the whole, um, I don't know whether you've heard of two E the twice exceptional. No. Um, so it's like a crossover of giftedness and a neurodiversity. Most, most of the time it's a neurodiversity. So yep. it's sort of like, cancels each other out in a way um so you you are smart and you are intelligent and emotionally intelligent and you have adhd which makes things look not that way but then you have anxiety too (laughs) yep (laughs) so it makes you mask so you don't get called out on all the things (laughs) it's a bit like um like i've I'm obviously autistic and adhd and that's that comorbid relationship and it's very similar too like you've got that that need for routine but you've got that need for impulsivity but then um as you're saying that sometimes it cancels each other out sometimes it flares it up and I was told that I was diagnosed autistic level two because Mm. I have ADHD um and it's like as in the ADHD flares the autism up more like if I hadn't had the ADHD component I'd be a level one That actually Um, makes sense. I've never heard of that before, but it does because it's it's like your own self is making you overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like I've got two personalities. (laughs) And and, and I think that that is another good point to make is I find that a lot of women go, okay, I think I'm on the spectrum. And then they go and they they go to a psychiatrist or something. They go, no, you've got borderline personality disorder. Like things like that, you're getting, or bipolar, you're getting um, misdiagnosed with something that is not, you know, um, accurate and then it's it can be quite a journey for some people I, I was lucky in that I was trying to work out is it trauma or am I neurodivergent or is it both and it's both um, but, yeah I mean why not, why not? you can't have it all like <laughs> but um but yeah so it was just whereas my husband's journey was a lot more like convoluted and usually it's it's the other way around it's the women but they thought they were like oh he's ADHD. No, he's bipolar. No, he's ADD. So it took years for him to finally get a proper answer. Um, yeah. Whereas I like literally went in, did my 
assessments and all that kind of thing and then it was like yep (laughs) so real obvious Um, and yeah I've asked people like did you know and they're like no no idea didn't even realize um and my parents would be very similar in that they're just like huh but yeah yeah once (laughs) once you are diagnosed I mean I had always said some of my siblings from the get-go from when they were little I'm like they're on the spectrum I can tell um but yeah it's it is it's I guess it's that pushback to some parents, especially the older generation, they, there's a bit of pushback. They're like, no, 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 no. Cause it, you know, I don't know if they think it's their parenting that like, it's, yeah, they don't you know, it's a bad that it's reflection a on them or something. Neurological condition. But yeah. even as like, I know, like we knew that um, my brother had um, autism slash ADHD. Like they questioned both when he was a kid. Yep. But my mum would never label it. And I think because he was my older brother, my mum had changed her parenting style before I started showing the yep. symptoms myself um, because we were both very much the same, very young age. Um, but I was, you know, that sort of child that was um, trying to be an adult <laughs> um, as well. So I'd hang out with the adults and sort of pick up on what they yep. were doing and that sort yep. of thing. Um, but I was also extremely emotional. Like I remember reading back through my report cards as you have to, and it's just like, it tends to be emotional, even if it doesn't involve her directly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I, I want everyone to get along. Damn it. Yeah. We have that, like that strong sense of justice. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> There's exactly. nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's, and it's funny because I, I heard someone say not long ago that as a parent, you're never the same parent twice, as in like each time you have a child, you change as a parent and that that next child is not going to have the same parent that the first child had. So it is like I've only got the one child, so um, (laughs) I don't have to worry about dynamics and things like that. I'm just worrying about this one human being and like (laughs) that is enough for me. I'm like, what and done? <laughs> yeah, so my I'm husband's to... just like, I've got two wives here. I've got one crazy person in the morning and a stable person during the day and then this person that wants to jump all over me in the afternoon. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, medication. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's, yeah, that is the ups and the downs of it all. And, um, yeah, it's it's quite difficult to lead such a complex life when it's literally like your brain that's <laughs> yeah. controlling the whole situation. But like you were saying, like I was the same as a child wanting to hang out with the adults and wanting to be an adult. And um, I find like a lot of kids now when I notice, I know straight away if they're on the spectrum and it's like, I describe a lot of them as like old souls. Like yep. they do, they're, they're, they're very mature. Cause I used to always get that a lot. People would go, Oh, you must be like in your twenties. And I'd be like, I'm 16. <laughs> like, and it's not because I looked in my twenties. It's, it's just because, like I, it. yeah. Yeah, and we like grew up really quick. I don't know. Um, it's just weird. I don't know if it was like a coping mechanism or what, but um, yeah, Possibly. I find that we're all the same in that. We're all in the same boat with that kind of thing. So did did your neurodivergence choose your career? Like help you choose your career, or what came not first? At all. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> actually did, <laughs> did not do per, a per, like PT at school. Um, I was like on the sidelines um, when I was in primary school. I was a runner. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I would like 
get second place because there was Indigenous people at our school and they're really good at that. Um, but I was a good runner um, and I was always, you know, solo-based sports, um, never really into team sports. Um, but in PT, I'm just like, nah, why would I want to do that? Um, I actually wanted to be an architect in school um, okay. and then I went to sort of work experience, as you do, and I was sitting at a desk all day um, and that was boring <laughs> and my arm went to sleep and I was just like, I came home from that week of work experience and went like, I need to change my career path. <laughs> I had even like studied computer-aided drafting in school, like as my secondary certificate. Yep. And then as like, it was at the, in grade 12 that my mom had like gone through her divorce and she was starting to get into the gym and I was, I went along with her. We actually lived across the road from the gym. So it was like super convenient. Um, so I just like, I think it was literally the end of the, I think the Facebook memories have been coming up like now, like I know what I want to do. I'm going to do like yep. <laughs> three in fitness, like out of the blue, um, and I went straight from school into like a six-month full-time cert three, which is crazy. Yep. It's, not, it's not something that personal trainers would do these days. Um, and then started working in gyms and as ADHDs do, like hopped between several different jobs because I was like, I need something this, I need something that, I need something, something else. Um, and moved house, moved cities. I ended up being like a manager of a gym. Um, yep which was really cool. That was a Fernwood Fitness down in Melbourne. Yep. Um, and then sort of started doing a Cert 3 in management, small business management and marketing. And then I decided I didn't want to be in the gym at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I started getting to admin. Um, and, yeah, it was sort of like it was crazy. Um, it all makes sense now, <laughs> obviously, in hindsight. Um, yep. But I guess like the biggest loser was a big thing. This is way back in 2010, by the way, um, way back. And biggest loser used to like, was like so inspiring to me. I'm just like, oh yep. my God, Michelle, Br Michelle Bridges is like the bomb. And like <laughs> these girls, these guys are getting so much confidence and I built so much confidence going to the gym and it just yep. seemed like my thing. And obviously it's my thing because I like being active. Yep. Um, but even since then, I was just like, all right, so I know everything about fitness. Why can't I stick to it? <laughs> yep, yep. Well, they and say just... they say find your forever hyperfixation. Like yeah. that that's the only way that we're going to stay in a career or on a career path for in the long term because I find there's like you get like a six-month six itch and by the 18-month mark, it's like I'm done with this. Like you can't really commit past that and I've found that I'm the same um, and a lot of my friends do the same thing. We, we hop between like these little side hustles and stuff like that, that we're like, no, nah, this is definitely going to be at this time. And then this it's not, one. it's just not. Well, that's, I, it's really shocked me when, so when COVID came around in 2020, that's when I started my diploma of nutrition because yep. I had started working in a gym again and then we had lockdowns and gyms were no longer a thing and we had our gym closed and we didn't know how long the gym was going to be closed for. And in true ADHD fashion, I'm just like, well, I'm bored. Um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Um, let's start a diploma of nutrition online. <laughs> Why not? Um, and I'm still doing it. So like, you know, what is it? 2023, this is three years in, I finish it next year. I 
am doing it all part time and I'm loving it. Like I'm getting good grades and I'm still super consistent with it. I think the structure of the online version of the class is that we do have lectures that are live and that we go to and that it is interactive. Um, But also the fact that I have to keep up. So it's a little bit of urgency there. Um, with the 12 week structure, like this is week one, this is week two, it's not self-paced because I've done self-paced stuff before, like within my multiple career choices and it just never, never worked out for me. So I was a little bit nervous, but this structure is really working and it's another, it's a new forever fixation for me. I've always really been into nutrition. My mum's been into nutrition a lot. And she still thinks she's the expert every time that I talk to her. <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, people just need to do this. I'm like, oh, no, mom. <laughs> I've done three years so far of this stuff. <laughs> well, it's like you say with the urgency thing. It's like we, we like to live on the edge a little bit. Like it's almost like we need that little like splash of um, chaos to function. Like <laughs> just, sure. just a splash, not too much because then we just go into like overload. But I, I know what you're saying. We need to be like on a schedule and um, almost like be constantly held accountable for that stuff. Because if we're if it's left, we're left to our own devices. We kind of just start to toddle off and like start seeing shiny things in the distance, and we just completely forget why we're why we're there. Um, well, yeah, I think that sort of goes very much into like my business and ha- the clients that I have in my business. Um, we're very like all or nothing people for the majority of the time. And I guess we all get caught up in that um, where we have to be absolutely perfect. Otherwise, it's not even worth it. And I guess that's one of the one of the major lessons that I like sprinkle throughout the whole entire sort of program that I do is sort of just like you're allowed to do it like half-assed you're allowed <laughs> yeah, yeah. to do it even though you're not motivated all meals don't have to be delicious you know that yep. sort of thing and it, it's hard for ADHD people because it's sort of like but the dopamine you know <laughs> yeah. how can I do things without the dopamine but yep. it's it's just following your own energy levels and things like that and then setting yourself up for success on your high energy days so that your low energy days are a lot easier um, and that sort of thing. So um, with the all or nothing, that was definitely me in my like early, mid-20s, I'd say. Um, so I'd been, this is before I completely quit gyms altogether. Um, I was going to the gym too much (laughs) so this is like erring on sort of trigger warning sub subjects a little bit um of like eating disorders and addictions and things like that um but it's like I was going to the gym 10 times a week the seven days in a week right (laughs) I was going to the gym too much and I thought it was healthy at the time like I honestly like everyone just gets in their head and you, you don't you don't want to change until you're ready to change, right? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. But there was this time where I was like sick or something, um, and I was sick for two weeks, and I didn't go to the gym for two weeks. So I'd been going ten days a week to like <laughs> yep. not going at all. Um, yep. But then this whole like shot to the body confidence came in, and I was just like, mm. I can't show up. Like, I can't go in there 
because I haven't been there and everybody will be looking at me because everybody always looks at me because look at me, that's the type of girl I was. <laughs> that's the type of person I was. Yep. And I didn't want to be seen, you know, a kilo heavier or whatever. Like yep. it was it was stupid really in hindsight. I actually completely quit the industry and I completely quit the gym for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I went from all to nothing um, and it sort of took – like I, I, it was that, you know, how I just said something about, um, you know, you don't want to change until you want to change. It was sort of yep. just like this shock to the system of like, well, crap, like that's not overly healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're having these personal epiphanies just out of the blue. <laughs> um, maybe I should like work on that before I go back to the gym. I completely quit the gym. I completely went into admin there for about three years and started I did dancing um which was great for like my body confidence and things like that because it was it was just so reviving for the soul and the self-confidence didn't relate to your body image whatsoever yeah well it's you make a good point like in society usually they they make a point of like how you look like how you look they it's almost like how you look is how you should feel kind of thing. And then instead of focusing on the, how you feel, like if you feel great, then, I mean, obviously you want to look great, but that's not like the be all and end all, like obviously different body shapes and things like that. Some you're aspiring to things potentially that are not within your personal reach. Um, But yeah, I just find that society puts that whole body image before mental health. So people are, they're looking at themselves and going, oh, I don't look good and that makes me feel bad Um, instead of going, how can I make myself feel good and not have to worry about what I look like? Well, you're sold that. Like that's the part Mm. of like all of that marketing um, within the the toxic part of my industry is sort of just like, but even it, not even toxic part of my industry, it's the, the pages I follow come up with some really, really good points. And I wish I was that good at marketing, but, um, <laughs> but they're just like the movies that we watch. The, you get these mm. like small people and they get bullied for being fat. And yep. it's sort of like, wait, 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 let's just hold up. She got bullied for that. Like, and that sort of thing. Like we get fed that and the marketing is just like, the before and after picture, the after picture always looks so much more confident. And I've recently yep. learned that that's a halo effect. Um, if you've ever heard of the term where like you just automatically presume that they're a more successful person <laughs> just because yeah. they're more conventionally attractive and it's sort of just breaking down those, your thoughts and things like mm. that. It's sort of just, it's, it's a crazy journey, but um, I definitely really enjoy educating people on that sort of stuff. Well, it sounds like you, you've kind of, I don't know, you lean more towards a bit more of a niche. Um, it makes you, your business and who are a little more unique compared to other ones out there in that, um, as you say, like a lot of media and things like that, it's almost like fear-mongering, like, you know, um, and and body shaming and things like that. And it, it, the same can be said for disabilities too, the way they are portrayed in movies and things like that. You've got like for with sure. autism, you've got like Rain Man or you've got like full-on genius. There's no yeah. no one represented in the middle and the majority of us are in the middle. Um, yeah. So, it yeah, it this, it's very a stereotypical um, approach 
And I guess we get things. we get fed stereotypes. It's not only like the algorithm as well, definitely <laughs> goes along yeah. with that. Like you're you're not gonna be up there in the algorithm unless you're conventionally attractive. And that's crazy. Um, but it's fact, unfortunately, it's a world yeah. that we live in. Um, but I guess educating people on that and just giving people little epiphanies. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with you with the whole like niche into that sort of side of mm. it. Um, but when you're surrounded by people that are all about like weight loss this and weight loss that, and because ADHDs have problem with binge eating and things like that, and they're more likely to be overweight, that's what they're cu- accustomed to want to do. They yep. they want to do that. So um, I I guess I try and like subtly give people their like little epiphany moments like I had when I went back to the gym after two weeks going like <laughs> um I shouldn't feel this bad why is like my self-worth around my physical appearance and external validation here like this yep. isn't healthy um and just start them on their own self self sort of healing journey I guess yeah well, I mean everybody's different and and even when it comes down to body shapes like what might be you know um, a healthy body weight and a healthy body shape for one person like not everyone is born to be skinny um (laughs) some of us have curves and that's just you can't you literally can't change bone structure I mean you could but it's not exactly (laughs) conventional but yeah that's um, quite the opposite of health like even (laughs) even that sort of stuff like the influences that you see and a lot of people will aspire to especially in the beginning I was one of them I'm not shaming anyone for that because it's a good path to health um or you know not a good path but like a, a, a normal common path um you don't know what they're like. Uh, you don't know whether they are struggling with an eating disorder um, and you don't know whether they are struggling with self-image and they're just posting the 1% of the day where they decided to smile for the camera and pose. Yep. Um, so I guess, yeah, it is it is really, really difficult to break through that because we're surrounded by it. Like it, it is, we're so good at being a minority population, but at the same time you really have to, you know, realize that you have to be a minority population in order to be healthy because everything that you're fed is quite the opposite i think that a technology has a lot to answer for i guess in that that we've got a lot of social media and stuff it can be really really good for certain things but it can be really really bad for certain things too um there's a lot of catch-22s in there but i guess this question will kind of roll into what you've been saying but why do you think your profession is so important I I know that my social media feed is very curated to what I want to see. Um, but I know that that's not what everybody sees. Um, yep. And it is a journey and it takes like little steps because when you first go into, say, like intuitive eating, I bought the, I actually got it for Christmas one year, um, Health at Every Size and Intuitive Eating Books. Um, I'm not a reader, by the way, um, but I really wanted to read them. Um, When you go into that, you sort of like question it and push it to the side, I guess. And that also comes from fear and from what you sort of see everywhere in the world and what you think is normal and is so stark opposite um, to what you're so used to. Um, But then once you start looking into it, you're just like, 
well, yeah, health at every size does not mean that every size is healthy. It just means that you can be healthy wherever you're at. Um, and then it sort of feeds into sort of the self-love journey because if you read, um, you know, any journal article in regards to motivation, external motivation and self-hatred and like that sort of thing are the least likely things to actually get you results. Yeah. Um, so I think me and my voice, I am very passionate about educating and inspiring and empowering people to sort of just focus on them and focus on what they're capable of. Um, and I think we need more of me um, in the world. Yeah, sounds um, like it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm just one voice amongst all the people, other people that are on my feed, um, and if I can relate to them in a way that's going to like pull them towards a healthier lifestyle um, instead of being an all or nothing person, um, it's, I think that's important and I think that's powerful. Um, and I'm not blaming all those other influences and things like that because even the stuff that I'm taught, I was taught in fitness and I've been taught in nutrition like there are, it is coming more and more apparent that, you know, the BMI is not a reliable label yep. and that sort of stuff. And weight is like the BMI classifies obesity and overweight. Um, and even that, like, even, anyway, I'm going off. <laughs> I know but what you're I saying. Think, like The um, Rock, for example, his BMI would be through the roof, but yeah. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> but it's even one of the reasons why I chose my business name being Optimized Food and Fitness because food and fitness are sort of like neutral terms because if you thought of a diet, it would be, you know, depending on your mindset, either a good thing or a bad thing. Um, yep. fit, fitness is sort of just like, yeah, you need fitness for every single day, right? Otherwise, you need to be able to get out of bed and go shopping um, and you want to have those energy levels um, rather than the word exercise seems to be, you know, almost a negative term for a lot of people because they can't do it. Um, <laughs> there's a big barriers in the way. Yeah. Um, Same so, with body. I feel like the word body is people hmm. automatically think looks when you say body. They don't think internal health. They think <laughs> external. What does that look yeah. like? Well, that's exactly right. When you say even the word fat, like, is just a descriptor, but some people, like, really demonize it and the everything's, like, coming full circle, again, in my algorithm, and I know that it's not everybody but it's sort of just like, no, it's just a descriptor and we need to have fat to survive where our hormones are made of fat, our like joint tissues and things like that are made of fat. So we need fat, like, so what? <laughs> like, um, but I guess to answer your question, why is my profession so important? Um, my business is important in my profession. Um, my sort of people, even other people in my profession that are similar to me are important to break those stereotypes because the studies are coming out. The silence is being broken. Like this sort of this sort of diets don't work sort of analogy where, yes, it's going to work and then you're going to rebound weight and that sort of stuff. It needs to be out there. It needs to be more common knowledge that these sort of things exist um, because yeah, just these thirteen hundred calorie diets and are not helpful for anyone. That's an that's an all mentality. 
and yep. you're going to shame yourself if you don't meet that expectation and then you're going to have sh- shame and then, you know, it just spirals all negative. Let's yep. add some positivity to this journey and have everyone actually enjoy the journey rather than be excited for a destination that promises X, Y, Z when that might not actually be the case at all. Yeah. I mean, be kind to yourself, people, and and focus right. what's on the inside. It's what's on the inside that counts, okay? <laughs> exactly right. Accept yourself and your full chaoticness. Um, yeah. <laughs> love that and you know just find things that actually work for you and not for you know the neurotypical general public I love that well thank you so much for your time it's been absolutely amazing chatting to you I just I just love doing this I I just meet (laughs) such amazing people so um thank you so much for your insight and your wisdom and um yeah you're (laughs) welcome thank you for having me on (laughs) thank you take care